Sisters, we're here. Part four, Philippians chapter two, verses 12 through 30. And today we're going to finish up this four-part series with verses 22 through 30. We are going to discuss things like, is it always God's will to heal? And other such topics that Paul addresses in these verses, living a sacrificial life for Jesus Christ, being a soldier for Christ, and what that looks like, laying our lives down for others. And it can cost us a lot. Enjoy this next episode. Hey family, welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives. Are you ready to dive deeper into your walk with Christ? Do you desire to learn His Word with a greater understanding that applies to your daily living? Do you feel like you're in a vicious cycle of victory and defeat? My name is Amy, and friend, I was so frustrated with my faith walk for decades. No matter what I did, I could not escape the symptoms that trauma from my childhood left me with. Not only that, I didn't seem to experience any victory that I read about in the Word of God. And even worse, I couldn't see it or experience it in my church life either. It all left me feeling even more confused and more empty. I knew Christ was the way and the truth and the life, and I knew His Word was the answer. So finally one day, I got fed up with living in defeat. And I became determined to find the Jesus of Scripture. I discovered true faith in Christ and had to unlearn much of what I had been taught. With God's Word and His Spirit, I have been free from anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and suicidal thoughts for almost 15 years. And I have learned a tool set to overcome my past trauma and losses. God's Word has transformed my life. If you are ready for truth and transformation, then hop into the slow cooker with me and let's marinate together in God's Word. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning His Word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Okay, so now we're going to get into verse 22. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the, in the gospel. So remember, we just got done talking about Timothy, that um, he you know, he was the only one that he could trust to go into, um, go back to Philippi. He just didn't feel like anybody else, everyone else would have false motives. They'd probably want maybe take advantage of them or just want their money or just want to build their own kingdom, whatever it is. But he says, man, I'll tell you, Timothy has proven character. You know, that's how you know, too. You know how Paul knew that Timothy had proven character? They did life together. He raised him up from, from a young man and Timothy was, on a lot of his, um, you know, journeys with him and, and tell you, you'll get to know people when you do life together, you'll get to know, you'll know, you'll know their quirks, you'll know their personalities, you'll know their weaknesses, their strengths, but you'll know their character and their integrity because you see them at their worst and you see them at their best. You see them when their fruit is pressed. You see them when they go through trials and tribulations. You also see them when they're on the mountaintop and everything's going really good. You see, 
And so he's saying his character has been proven and that as a son, because I raised him up spiritually, that's what Paul's saying here. And I was like his father. I firmly believe that we need spiritual moms and dads that just are there to love us, to guide us, to um, give us good advice, to, you know, with the word to, you know, it's just discipleship. Jesus did life with his disciples. They ate, slept, breathed, walked out, everything together. And that's really how they learned was watching him in day and night, living it out. We see the early church was like that. Paul did that with Timothy. He, they all encamped together. They were going into uh, different cities together and doing ministry work together. And, and, and they knew each other's, you know, wives and husbands and children for those that were married, they knew each other's families and, and everything about each other. Cause they were very communal, very communal. Um, you see that in the book of Acts going house to house daily, breaking bread with one another, fellowshipping with one another, uh, going over, laboring over the apostles' teachings together, learning the word together, um, going out and evangelizing together, uh, selling everything they own so that no one had a need. Now that was to build the original foundation of the church. I don't think that we should be selling everything we are we have today and lay it at like our pastor's feet. That, that was uh, th- something they did in Jerusalem to just get it started. We don't see the churches after that doing that. We don't see Corinth doing that or any of the other churches, but they were self-sacrificing. Um, they gave still, they would think of others greater than themselves. They made sure that the body of Christ was was taken care of. They weren't trying to get rich and build their own kingdoms uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And so he's saying this, he has served with me in the gospel. And so this is important that you know who you labor among, you know who you're serving with, and you're only going to do that through community, uh, doing actual life together. And that is way bigger than two hours on a Sunday or a Bible study here and there. You know, it really is um, so much bigger than that. It is so beautiful. Um, and so I would just encourage you to start doing life with the people you are in in communal with, you know, start having them over for dinner and invite them to birthday parties and, you know, um, do outings together and go and knock on doors and tell people about Jesus together, you know, whatever, bake cookies and go to nursing homes together, you know, whatever, just start doing a lot of things together and really um, being the church. Don't just go to church, be the church. Literally the, our whole mission statement wrapped up in one, be the church, be the church together. Um, it is so such a blessing. I cannot express to you how amazing it is when you have a group of people that are all sold out for Jesus and just love each other and just want to serve. It's so phenomenal. Verse 23, therefore, I hope to send him at once as soon as I see how it goes with me. So he was still trying to see if he was going to um, be um, exonerated or not. And so, but he wants to send Timothy, you know, at once. So, but I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. So he's believing God that he is going to get to uh, back to Philippi here so that he can spend time with them and see them super excited to see them. Um, he loves them so much and he just, he's believing in the Lord. And I think they think he did go back. We don't have any record of it, but I think they believe he did at some point was able to get back there before he ultimately went home to be with the Lord. Verse 25, yet I considered it necessary to send you Ephroditus, my fellow, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier. I love this. So he calls him three different things here. Here's Ephroditus. This is all we know about him. We don't really know a lot about Ephroditus, but he was a brother. 
Paul's like, so we are intimate. We are close. This is family. Um, I don't mean blood brother. I mean, spiritual brother. So he has that intimacy with him. He says, he's my fellow worker. So he's admonishing him. He serves. He gives of his time, talent, and treasure for the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is a worker with me. He is laboring with me. He is preaching the gospel with me. He is, he is working. He is serving. And then he's also a fellow soldier. It means he's on the front lines. It means he's, he's under persecution. He is um, going through it. So he is getting, uh, going through a lot of the things that a soldier goes through on the front lines. Um, remember we are called soldiers. Jesus is our chief and commander and we're called soldiers as well. We're brothers and sisters. We're sons and daughters. We are, uh, servants, bond servants. We are soldiers. We are also the bride. We are, we are his friend. We are called multiple things as well, because each one has kind of a different meaning and a different aspect of our life with Christ. And so that's kind of what Paul is saying here, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need. So they had sent Ephrodite. They were like, Hey, we're going to send this money. We're going to send these um, supplies over to uh, Paul. And, um, you know, who wants to go, who wants to take the long journey, um, to, um, Rome and get these supplies to him. And he signed up. He's like, I'm a soldier. I'm there. I'll go on the front lines. I'll take this, 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 um, this travel and it can be dangerous. Um, and he went, he volunteered and it says, since he was longing for you all and he was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. So we believe that why Ephroditus took this long journey to Rome, he somehow caught something and got really sick. Um, and, uh, he, he ended up being really sick and it, it got back to the Philipp Philippian church that Ephroditus is really sick and that he might die. Um, and so here Paul goes on to say, for indeed, he was sick almost unto death, verse 27, but God had mercy on him. And not only on him, but me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. There's a lot we can learn from this. Um, here's Ephroditus. He travels, he volunteers to make this, this, this journey to be the messenger, to take back news from uh, Philippi, what's going on in the church there, what's all happening. Here's some money, here's some resources, everything you're going to need. And he ends up getting really sick um, and he almost died. And Paul is saying, man, I would have been so upset if he'd have died. Not that I know that he would have been in glory with the Lord, but I would have felt responsible. Like I would have felt bad that he made this journey for me so that I could have some things here in prison. And then he cost him his life. And it just would have made him feel, you know, really bad for that part of it. You know, we still grieve, even though we lose somebody that we know is with the Lord in heaven and we're rejoicing with them for that. We still miss them. We still have, you know, um, grief and, and pain and, and sorrow for them not being with us. And that's a normal, natural human response to grief. And that is, that is part of having a human experience. And so Paul is saying, I would have been so grieved to know that he lost his life coming to bring me supplies. I just thought it was interesting too, that you know, God does heal. He, I have seen God do miraculous things, but this was something where he had mercy on Ephroditus and God did ultimately, um, heal him or bring him back to good health. 
to where he could go back. Um, but notice that Paul didn't lay hands on him and heal him suddenly. You know, notice just notice these things because these are important because there's theologies out there that tell us that God, it's always God's will to heal, or God always will heal, or that we we have we all have this supernatural ability that we should be able to heal everybody. I mean, even Paul. I mean, he would have healed him instantly. Why would he be almost on to death? Paul would have healed him instantly the second he saw him, and there wouldn't have been a problem. Paul's not sadistic. We have to be in God, God's will, God's timing. Understand that God is sovereign over everything. And that sin also is not always caused by sin. Sickness, I'm sorry. Sickness is not always caused by sin. And sickness is not always not healed because we lacked faith. God did have mercy on Ephroditus. And Paul was really grateful to God for that. But clearly, he was on his deathbed. These are just things to think about. We know that Paul had left someone else, Triophus, I think it's in Second Timothy, where he left him sick. He's like, I had to leave him sick. It's an apostle who left somebody sick. So just understand that if you are battling sickness right now, I pray for you. And I ask that God would have mercy on you and that he bring healing to your body and whatever you're going through. But just know that if you're not being healed, it's not because you lack faith. It's not because you've sinned, you know? I mean, maybe, because we do know that you can sin and sin does cause sickness. I'm not saying that, you know, that you work that out between you and God, but I'm speaking to the person that's just been battling and they know it's not sin. And they're not lacking faith. They have all the faith in God. They have not receive their healing yet. I believe with you that God will heal you. I want to believe that with you. I have, I want to have faith of a mustard seed and I have seen God do miracles. I could do a whole episode on just the miracles I've seen God do that. He has healed people. It's been his mercy and his touch, but I've also seen God take people home and I've seen God say no. And it wasn't because their lack of faith and it wasn't because they sinned and it wasn't because God was mad at them. It's his sovereign will. He has sovereignty over life and over death. And we don't always understand it, but God is faithful and he is good. He's so good. And I just want to encourage you to keep praying, keep believing, keep asking, but also just ask God to continue to use you in this time and in this season that he's got this season under control. And as long as you got breath in your lungs, you have purpose for the Lord Jesus Christ. When I was really sick, couldn't get out of bed. I would just pray. I would just pray for people. Thought, okay, devil, you ain't, you, I may not be able to get up and get out, but I'm going to lay here and I'm going to pray. I'm just going to pray for people. And I did. I, I'm going to be used one way or another, God. I'm being used here. I'm not giving up. God did eventually heal me. And I thank God for that. Mine was emotional. Mine was emotional and mental. Um, it caused more physical symptoms, but he did heal me and I'm grateful. All right. Verse 29, receive him therefore in the Lord 
with all gladness and hold such men in esteem. It was like, just receive him. He is so excited to see you guys because for the work of Christ, he came close to death. He was willing to give his life up for Christ, not regarding his life to supply what was lacking in your service towards me. They gave it all. He gave it all. And he was willing to die in order to meet the need of Paul, in order to meet the need of Paul. He was willing to give it up. And it's so beautiful. Again, you see that sacrifice. You see Ephroditus pouring his life out like a drink offering, laying his life at the altar of God to be a living sacrifice and saying, God, here I am, send me. Here I am, whatever you need to do. And if that even means that it's going to cost me my life, then here I am, Lord, send me. Give I, I, I'm, I'm laying it all down at your altar. And I pray that you get that stirring in you. It says, Lord, I want to lay my life down for you. I want to be that, that drink offering. And you know what, mama? It may just be laying your life down for your family at home right now. Because that is a huge sacrifice you're making. Where you're staying home and you're raising those babies and you're you're loving your husband and submitting to him and giving it to him and you're loving your neighbor, sister, you're laying it down. It's a cup offering. You're, you're you've laid your and we are in a culture where, especially as women, you know, we're made to feel like we need to become like the CEO and become boss babes and all these things and and staying home and raising our babies is almost like, you know, what are you not smart enough to do something else? Are you not ball? No. That's the greatest job that you have been granted. The ability to raise up the next generation in Christ Jesus. How precious. But also, mom, if you are at work because you have to go to work and there's things that you just, it's just where you're at. I just pray strength to you because I can't imagine what that's like to, to work and still raise your, your family and do the things that you've been called to do. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Whatever season you find yourself in, Know that it's for your good and God's glory and that he will use it for his purposes and his good pleasure. Just continue to lay your life down. Be that example. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Remember what we talked about in the beginning. In episode, I think it was episode part one of this whole thing. If you're going to hear this on a podcast, what would people say about Jesus if the only example they have is you? That alone is such a sacrifice to walk in love, to walk in kindness and compassion and patience and gentleness, to love the unlovely, to think of others greater than yourself, to give out of your lack. That's a sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. I love you guys so much. And I thank you for listening. And I pray that this blesses you. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate. Contact me, email me, whatever. I am here. And I thank you for being here with me. God bless you. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget, guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.